Welcome to the Manufacturing Fix podcast. Each episode, we're going to be talking about a variety of manufacturing hot topics, lessons learned, and industry best practices to help educate listeners on ways they can manufacture smarter. We want everyone to gain a valuable insight, get expert advice, and tangible takeaways. So let's get started. I'm Keith Dybert, Business Advisor for South Dakota Manufacturing Technology Solutions. I'm here today with Spencer Irwin, and I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce himself and the company that he works for. Thanks, Keith. Uh, my name is Spencer Irwin. I'm with the Bross Company. We are a technical automation distributor based out of uh, Eden Prairie, Minnesota. I work out of my home here in Sioux Falls and uh, cover the great state of South Dakota on the automation front for the Bross Company. I've been with Bross for about four and a half years now or so and um, been living in South Dakota for close to 10 now. Uh, South Dakota State graduate with a degree in electronics engineering technology and a minor in business and just uh, out here living the dream. All right, great. You were you were talking earlier today about three technologies that you wanted to kind of highlight before we start off and get too deep into things. Yeah, um, so I cover a lot of different uh, products working with Bross. Um, pretty much everything that touches automation we cover. Uh, but some of the ones that I really see growing a lot more recently are like 3D vision. Um, 2D vision's been around for a long time. Uh, there's just a lot of aspects that... 2D vision can't do that 3D vision can do, primarily measuring in the depth dimension. So we see a lot of these applications for like quality checks on machined parts or even plastic parts that are injected, molded, or 3D printed, where we can see a lot more depth to the part um, and get a lot more accuracy in those checks using the laser technology. So like an example would be a bracket that you're machining for a, a, a customer that you have. And you, instead of calipering every part and feature of that, every single bracket that you make, you can use this product to 100% check everything that you're making while you're making it at manufacturing speed, as opposed to pulling it off and bringing it into a QA lab. So that's uh, one of my, personally my favorite technologies that we have, and it's uh, a little bit unique. Yeah. How about some other new product categories that really haven't existed all that long? Um, the next one that I'm really fond of is the mobile robots. Uh, they've been around for a while in different capacities. There's a couple different styles. They don't fall all under the same umbrella. Uh, the first one would be like an AGV. Those have been around for a long time. They're kind of the ones where you follow the tape on the ground, whether it's magnetic or uh, the wire in the ground. Um, those are typically less expensive, but very inflexible. If uh, something blocks those paths, they stall or wait for the object to move. Um, some of the other ones are like the SGVs, the self-guided vehicles. Those would be ones that are constantly referencing a sensor or an object in the facility, whether it's a reflective pyramid in the floor or radar sensors in the ceiling. Uh, we typically see a lot of those with like the heavy equipment ones, like the self-driving forklifts and <clears throat> larger equipment like that. And then the newer versions of them are the AIVs, or Automated Intelligent Vehicles, which are constantly referencing an internal map inside of themselves. So they are not reliant on the outside environment to do their job, but they are also looking for obstacles and key features in the building to verify where they're at. So they're a lot more flexible. They can um, change paths if there's objects in the way or suddenly there's a pallet down the hallway that it's used to going down. It knows the building, knows the facility. It can leave and go down a different path and get to the same objective that it wants to get to. 
So those are a lot more flexible for today's automate or today's factory floors where nothing is permanent. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, you've seen a lot of vehicle changes where uh, the loads that they can carry and the payloads and stuff are really increasing tremendously too. Yeah. So a lot of those are driven by, by certain industries. Uh, most of the ones that you see nowadays are in the hundred kilogram ish range, but a lot more manufacturers are moving to the 500 to a thousand kilogram payloads. I think a lot of that's driven by like automotive industry where they have large parts that they want to move around a facility. So, um, where we see a lot of these is part delivery. Uh, you have a centralized inventory location or a tool crib or whatever the manufacturer refers to it as. And instead of having a person bring a cart out and deliver stuff or wait for a call or a radio uh, that they need new parts, um, people are looking to these AIVs to deliver parts from a centralized location where they can pick up and drop off carts or have a rack on top of the unit and drive up and signal the operator or whoever they're delivering to to grab such part from their rack and then move on and they can drive around all day and do that and they have intelligent software in there where if there's more of them they can share the loads one can pull a different task and do different things and then if they do need battery they'll pull themselves out of a queue and go charge and have other ones pick up the slack so they are quite intelligent uh, as the name name leads to uh, but we uh, I think it's a big opportunity for for growth there with the mobile robots always with new things there's there's hurdles and things to overcome what do you what do you think are the biggest hurdles in implementing these new types of automation and technologies so for the mobile robots uh, it is a little bit of a learning curve on the front end there like I said the software is very intelligent so there's a, a little bit of planning that you need to do and you can a little bit of Learning on the fly, I should say. Are you, are you really talking about months or years or days or uh, weeks? You're for a, for a, I guess depending on the size of your cell, um, you could be a couple weeks if you had a really large facility with multiple units using the enterprise manager. A couple of weeks is like ten working days, fifteen working days, that range. Yeah, that's probably a fair fair assumption. Uh, if you're talking a single unit, just going from point A to point B, uh, significantly less. But uh, they, uh, they're they pretty quick as far as the implementation of them nowadays, uh, but they can be very complex if you want them to be. Uh, if Some of the features, if you only want it to go one direction down a hallway as opposed to being able to go back and forth, or if you want to restrict certain areas, or if you want to um, tie into multiple locations, or if you want to use an elevator or uh, Bluetooth control on a door, all those are capable of it, but they, they add some more programming up front. How about things like training, ability to see these new technologies? Uh, do people have to really travel long ways and, you know, airplane rides, all that kind of cost to, to embrace some of this stuff nowadays? Um, in the past, yeah, but uh, nowadays there is a lot more common. Um, South Dakota Manufacturing Technology Solutions does have one of these mobile robots. Uh, to my knowledge, you guys do some training and some demos with them. Uh, they are a lot more prevalent than you would think. It's not something where you have to technically go to a trade show to see. It's right in your own backyard. Yeah, there's a lot more online training capability, too. And I've personally gone through a lot of that stuff. And it's it's really beneficial. And you can really come up to speed quite quickly. Yeah. YouTube isn't just for music videos and, and fun viral videos. There's a lot of 
autom automation products on there, uh, training videos, tutorials, troubleshooting on not just this product, but just about anything you ever want out there. The manufacturers see it as something that everybody's going to use. So they, uh, they invest in that technology and they put their videos out there. Now you can do a lot of just, uh, queries on on whatever browser is your favorite. Uh, YouTube has a lot, a lot of stuff out there where people have put together projects. So not only do you go through the standard training, but you can actually see a problem solved. And that's what I think helps people the most to see how this stuff actually solves problems. So, you know, one of the problems that I, I also hear about is how, how do you address the fear from an employees that work in a manufacturing company that this piece of automation is going to eliminate my position? Um, it's a common fear. I hear it quite often. Um, most of the projects or companies that I work with, uh, a, they don't have the employees to begin with to start, to start cutting people, even if they could, um, not that any of them really do. They, they typically are looking at eliminating the task that a, nobody wants to do, or it's very repetitive and they're worried about repetitive injuries, or it could possibly be dangerous. So say you're loading a dangerous press breaker, a stamper, or things of that nature where the risk is high or could be high. Um, those are places where automation is frequent or where you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, where you're picking up a box, putting it in another box, or you're picking up a part and loading into a, a machine and just waiting for it to come out. The really dull tasks that automation is really meant for. Um, those are the places where a lot of people are starting with, at least. Um, yeah, and I, I also see, I think it, I look at it as it's augmenting the workforce. In other words, these technologies allow people to work beside them, work with them. You could have work cell with, say, three people you typically need before. Now you maybe can get by with two people on one of these pieces of automation because they're a lot safer, a lot easier to, to integrate into. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah, and, and not only that on the, the employee side, you're typically getting a more repeatable product. Um, because the automation is typically following a design path or a design function where an operator is uh, ha could have a bad day and they're not 100% on a task or a project and they can, can have varying quality. So if you had your crystal ball that's maybe not too far out, what do you see really coming on the horizon that can really help uh, manufacturers today? The really big one that I see that's a little bit of ways out there, but uh, some manufacturers are definitely getting involved, especially some of the bigger ones, is artificial intelligence. I know it's a, almost a science, science fiction thought there, but <clears throat> with machine vision and uh, some functionality in a PLC, that's really where I see artificial intelligence in the automation world uh, coming into play. Machine vision is black and white when it comes to the machine itself traditionally it either is or it isn't um, where artificial intelligence comes into play it can learn and uh, make some of those determinations internally uh, a good example is like if you have a brushed steel part um, and we're looking for scratches typically a scratch and a brush from a uh, some sort of process would be similar to a, a piece of vision but now uh, artificial intelligence can learn how those strokes look in that metal, um, how deep they should look and those kind of features where it needed a, a skilled person or a skilled set of eyes underneath the microscope to see those, um, where now we can use machine vision to do such things. So are, are there any easy ways or maybe some simple ideas where people, manufacturers can start to implement some of these technologies? Um, well, I get that. I get that a lot because 
having the product knowledge that we have at uh, Bross, we cover a lot of different products. And especially if you're starting from scratch, it's a lot to absorb and you don't know where to where to start. Um, one of the simplest things that I, I have people implement is conveyors, as opposed to having a bunch of work in progress boxes over throughout your facility or pallets here or filling up a tray and then carrying it over to another process for another group of people to work on. A conveyor is a simple application to bring parts point A to point B. Um, beyond that, there's some simple motion with just some pneumatic actuators or electric actuators to get a uniform motion in a product, whether it's you're pressing something onto something else or you're um, sliding something down a, a process. And as well as uh, sensors, they uh, they can be fairly simple or they can be very complex. There's a there's a lot of different applications that can be just decided by a sensor. You don't need don't necessarily need a expensive vision application or anything like that. It could just be a simple uh, laser distance sensor or prox or or things like that. Uh, as well as pictolite, uh, which is a different type of technology where uh, you have a sequence of lights and if you're kitting some parts or you're picking things for a process down the road. You can have lights light up to which bins need to be picked. Those are uh, really simple things to start with. Yeah, that's that's one of the issues I see out there is companies are used to doing things like purchasing a high-end laser system or high-end CNC equipment where there's this huge investment and a lot of training and they, they really haven't got their, their minds around yet that some of these technologies are very simple, very inexpensive and very quick to deploy and they might not replace a whole person, but they might do 10% of somebody's job over here, 5% of somebody's job over here. And, you know, pretty soon you remove this across the whole facility and, and you can augment your workforce by numbers of people fairly quickly and fairly easily. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, like you said, people think of automation, they see a big robotic cell or they see a big CNC machine. There's a lot of those little steps that you can take before you get to that point because it's a little daunting to go from scratch to a full robotic cell um, that can imp improve your, uh, your workforce. Yeah. We, you know, Spencer, we've, we've talked quite a bit in between bras and South Dakota Manufacturing Technology Solutions. We've really looked at trying to drive relationship partnerships, trying to help each other bring this technology to manufacturers. Can you talk a little bit about that? We work together on a lot of those. Uh, we, uh, we use you guys' facility here. We have uh, quite a few robots in your lab. You guys have your mobile robots. You guys do some training here. Um, we also do some training as well uh, up at our corporate office, but it's nice having you guys as a resource here locally to um, train those uh, individuals here in South Dakota. So if, if people want to know more about, about you or, or your company, how do they get a hold of you? Um, you can reach me. Uh, I'm here in Sioux Falls. Uh, my phone number is 605-254-1536. And my email address is my name, S-P-E-N-C-E-R dot e r w i n at b r a a s c o dot com and i will also be at uh, your guys's manufacturing summit i believe it's in watertown this year yep on september 12th well we're looking forward to that so any parting words uh well i'll uh, i'll have a booth there with uh, some of my coworkers, and we'll be talking about some iiot and industry 4.0 stuff so if uh, you can find me there all right thanks for sharing today spencer thank you this podcast is powered by South Dakota Manufacturing and Technology Solutions. 
helping South Dakota manufacturers expand their capabilities to grow, innovate, and achieve operational success. For show notes and more information, please visit sdmanufacturing.com.